Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is a Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. From that page, you can also download a whole host of audio files or shows just like this one where people have been stepped through that worksheet process. If you choose to listen to them, they can serve as a tutorial for you to help you get maximum benefits from this tool in a limited amount of time. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you do that, before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process. And it contains a copy of the Drag-On Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively apply these tools in their lives. And secondarily, because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please do so by giving us a call at 
999-3581. Once you call that number, if you press 1 on your phone, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll turn on the microphone and announce it by your area code. And we also appreciate when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service. And if you would let us know how we can be a service to you, we would be appreciative. Today's a Thursday, which means there will be a free support group offered. And you can attend uh, through Zoom. And um, that's uh, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time is our uh, support group schedule usually happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and um, all the information you would need to be able to join us is available on the separate website, mindshiftersacademy.org. And please remember there's a separate login info page for Tuesday and a separate one for Thursday. And we have plenty of time for comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. So, I'm going to turn on the microphone for Susan, since you're already on, and are you there, Susan? Are you available to speak? I am. Yep. Well, I did not have time to read your whole email prior to the call, so I thought rather than leaving blank time on the air while I read this email, we'd just ask you what the question is from this having to do with the reparenting training that you never really connected with in your therapist training have you ever have you ever studied that or experienced it well it was very popular for a while i never took the training but i've had people talk about it and talk around it what's the specific I mean, you're you're talking about how you couldn't seem to get into the feeling or metabolize the loving and attention of the surrogate mother or father in that work. Right. So what's the question know, you, you have for this is, this is my chance. This is great. This is what I want. But I didn't want it. So I just thought, boy, whatever's going on, uh, I don't know whether I was unusual how others did. I don't remember talking about it with any of the other students. We had a wonderful bunch of students and we knew each other pretty well, but for some reason I never asked them about how they did. And since it isn't talked about anymore, maybe it just isn't something that's very helpful. Uh, what, What I felt I needed was some kind of attention that was way before I was able to talk. So, and I don't know whether that has anything, I didn't know how to formulate anything. I just pictured that somehow something's going to go rel- well in here and I'm going to be, I'm going to be better afterwards. But I didn't like it. I felt really uncomfortable and self-conscious and awkward. And so my question was, 
are there some things we don't get past in our life? Some kinds of things that have stuck in the craw and they just don't dislodge. We can work around them and have a great life. But some things have to wait till we shed this body and maybe get another chance in another lifetime. I wonder if Christian well, that Thunberg... Well, that, that, that might be. I don't, I don't know the absolute truth of that. But I, I would yeah. like to comment about this process that you're describing because it is so yeah. common. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of people who, for example, and I, I believe I've talked about this before, who were raised in a family where there was little or no physical affection. Mm-hmm. And for those people, even though they may see it in other people and they may crave it, it might feel horrible when it is actually mm-hmm. offered. Yeah. I, I believe that I've um, talked before about um, one gentleman in particular that... Um, He was very large. He was had a, a very uh, strong German family background, and he had a very uh, violent pattern in his family as a child and things like that. Mm-hmm. And when I described to him this really loving... physically affectionate family that I grew up in, he squirmed and said, that sounds perverted. Whoa. So having had an absolute absence of it in his family of origin, combined with a lot of Uh, aggressively violent physical contact, he was not even able to um, hear about healthy, loving, you know, sensual but not sexual physical contact without being repulsed Mm. by it, revulsed by it. Mm. So that's wow. the kind of thing that comes up when I read your email and 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 have this idea that you know you're going to get reparented and you're going to lay on this blanket and your surrogate mother and father are going to comfort you and some people just that's so outside their experience and or at one point or another all of their physical contact from their significant family members was either violent or inappropriately sexual, that they just can't get comfortable in those exchanges. And and some of these people that I'm talking about as grown adults, even if they go to a a social setting or a church, one of these lovey-dovey churches where everybody hugs, if you go hug one of those people, it's like hugging a two by four. They get <laughs> yeah. they get tight. They get <laughs> stiff. They don't relax into it. They just pat your shoulder, and they can't move away fast enough. Yeah. 
So there's a learning curve to go through for that ability to accept or receive physical comfort or nurturance or support for some people. I remember mm-hmm. in, in one of my uh, one of my first year in graduate school, they, they required that we be a, a member of what they called a communication group. And they specifically mm-hmm. call it a communication group, just to be clear, this is not your own personal therapy. And yet, I, we're going to push the limits and explore emotions, communication patterns, you know, um, uh, unproductive patterns in communication, etc. And we're going to learn techniques for moving past that, etc. Well, one of the things they did was have us go into a pool as a class mm. and take turns supporting individuals as they floated on their back in the pool mm. and 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 given whatever permission they would give people to give them a leg massage or a foot massage or a head massage and just see how they tolerated it and to understand whether they were comfortable giving more than receiving or vice versa. Mm. Well, that was a a huge trigger. It was a huge trigger for people in that class, in that Mm. group. And the responses were all over the map. And it led to all kinds of good discussions and emotional work because some people talked a great game, but when it came to letting somebody else comfort them or support them, it just, their skin would crawl. Uh, Yeah. Or they would have such intense negative emotions that they would break out of the exercise and not let it continue. Yeah. That's very interesting. What a great idea for a group. It's a lot like the, uh, it it was more intimate then, but it's a lot like these uh, team building exercises and, you know, the the trust fall and the uh, rope walking, Mm -hmm. et cetera, that they they do for some corporate gigs. This was just more uh, intentionally intimate. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess so, we're all on a spectrum there. Exactly. And that was my first level of response for your question. Now, yeah. you jump right to, you know, should I just give up? Should I give myself a pass? Should I stop working on this? Because, of course, I'll never get to it in this lifetime. You can if you want to, right? You can just mm-hmm. jump out of it and say, well, it's just one of those things. Just like some people say, well, I can't help my anger, I'm German, or or, I can't help my my drinking, (laughs) I'm Irish, or whatever. And you can say, it's just (laughs) who I am, and you can turn away from it and not work on it. Mm -hmm. And yet, it's more reasonable, I think, to assume that um, there are... there are ways to ease into it, there are ways to explore it. Mm. 
Well, so, my mind is just so, exploding with thoughts about all this. Um, well, and, and the, the, the next level for me was the idea of basically what you nudged into, which is that what you have in you that's lodged in you that needs some work may be at the pre-verbal level. Right. And so, you know, that's going to take a willingness on your part to do experiential exercises that are not word-based. Hmm. Yeah. I once signed up for a series of massages thinking that that would be something, since it was neutral, administered by a person. That would definitely push the limit. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it because it felt um, this wasn't a person I knew. And that helped me realize that I trusted strangers much more readily than family. I could accept and exchange, you know, feelings, strong feelings with people I didn't know. So there's that line, uh, and then I began to remember, I mean, gosh, Dr. Tim, since we did the Sally worksheet, this is when all this started, all of this, and it's just been like an explosion of memories and um, different challenges. One thing I remembered is we seldom touched one another except, you know, I've talked about it, how we... There was harshness and practical touch, like if somebody needed their hair done. Uh, it was always as fast as it could be done, and there was a certain amount of yanking and so on. It wasn't a tender act. At Thanksgiving, we used to stand around the table, and my dad uh, had a wonderful bass voice, and he would start us off singing the doxology, which is just outside our comfort range, except that he somehow had that in his past or something, and we would hold hands. And I remember standing next to my mother, holding her hand, and she was, you used the word squirm, she squirmed, she literally twitched until we stopped the song. And uh, I made sure I didn't stand (laughs) next to her for the next number of thanksgivings that we had because I knew that was going to happen again and I just didn't want to feel I didn't take it personally, thank goodness I just thought she's really uncomfortable so all of this stuff has been coming to mind and I've been wondering, you know, these are just so ingrained and I've had a great life and I'm for the most part okay, but I just slip into these bruised spots and then uh, it's hard to deal with so I was just wondering is this how it's going to be and if so I'll work with it I'll work around it I've I can do that well and if if you choose if if you choose to push the envelope you'll probably be able to make some progress if you say, I'm happy enough with the way things are, I kind of yearn from time to time for more connection, but I don't mm. really want to go through the discomfort of that, then you don't need to. Yeah. 
But because you're talking about it the way you are, because the history lines up so clearly with the way Mm -hmm. other people have had histories like this, you're probably like most other people that if you chose to work on it, you could make progress on it. Mm. And yet it would not be so much in the realm of worksheets or journaling, it would be experiences. Mm -hmm. Pushing the limits, finding people or a person that you have deep comfort and respect with and pushing the limits with them of what you're comfortable with, exploring what it's like to have that non-sexual physical contact and intimacy and sharing, etc. The opposite of what you you get when you go to see a massage therapist. Right. And there's a whole emotional component too. Like when you were talking about how you felt when your brother's ball went out the car window and how you wanted so much to have him feel better, you gave him your ball. That didn't happen in my household either. And I have thought often or been amazed often, like seeing two sisters cuddling in the back of a car or one sister very upset and the other sister trying to comfort her. That did not happen. Nobody, you know, like if you're unhappy about something, you're like contaminated. And if you're in the back seat, I'm going to sit as far away from you as I can. Exactly. Uh, How did that happen uh, in your family? It happened in your family because your mother was so uncomfortable with physical comfort and touch. And and the whole emotional side, tender feelings, soft feelings. My two best buddies in my childhood had these affectionate mothers. Gosh, one of them stumbled and skinned her knee and her, her mother picked her up and she held her on her lap and she stroked her face and she kissed her knee and... I thought, whoa. So, so basically, I want basically that. <laughs> that that family was from Mars, basically, right? Right. They were aliens. From Mars. But I loved it. I thought that's how I want to be when I'm a mom. That's the right way to do it. Why did I know that? I don't know how I knew that. And my other friend was the same. She had this cantankerously large mother who spent her entire days on her bed, and they had nine children. She was one of nine children. But when my buddy Lorraine was sad about something, she'd go into her mother. Her mother would haul herself off the bed, haul the daughter onto her lap and rock her and kiss her. And I think, ooh, that's so wonderful. I love to watch that. I want that. You know, so I had these great models of mothers, other mothers, so from it another made planet. It all the more <laughs> from another planet, right? Right. So anyway, okay. Well, you've kind of answered my question. I can't think of a human being on the planet, and that's another thing I wonder about. How was I ever, ever able to connect with boyfriends, girlfriends? I had 
it was as if there were a certain kind of person that I could let in. And they were in. But somehow that early family thing, they're not in. They're still not in. Um, anyway, I it seems miraculous that there was enough. Maybe it's because my dad was, he was an alcoholic and very quiet. But he loved us and I knew it. And he would hug us once in a while with this warm hug. And he would say, she's no good. And we knew that he was telling us he loved us. That's the best he could do is to tell us we're no good. But it was funny. And I I guess I trusted men. In a, in a tragic kind of way. <laughs> funny in a tragic kind of way. Let's at least give that acknowledgement to it. I don't think it's tragic. I think it's it was he was odd. too shy to say I love you. Yes. To his own children. I know you don't think it's tragic because that was the family you were raised in. But here on this planet where we express our love directly and hug and kiss and head rub and foot rub and back scratch and comfort people when they're physically hurt from that planet that's tragic that there's a parent who is so disconnected from his or her emotions that they can't say directly to their child i love you you are so good mm, that would have been amazing but i i knew i knew he meant he loved me i do know that anyway. and you know how you knew that Ow. He wasn't hitting you. And I'm only using the stories you've told me about your family to help come to that conclusion. And that is part of the assessment on my part that comes to the conclusion that that's tragic. Are you breathing? I'm breathing, yeah. That's an amazing thought. Say again. That's an amazing thought. I couldn't thought. hear you. That is an amazing thought. The thought that you could know that he loves you because he wasn't hitting you? Yeah. Is that is that the one you're tapping into that's bringing up all these intense yeah. emotions? Mm-hmm. To give you another illustration of uh, my father and his amazing restraint and charm, one time after a piano recital I gave, and he used to hate it when I practiced the piano in the house, so I practiced before he got home. 
But he came to a recital, so he didn't have to hear all the practicing. He just heard the final thing. At the end of the concert, he stood in the waiting line to say hello and shake hands. All he did was stick his hands in his pockets and say, Gosh, Sue. It's sort of like the she's no good thing. It's as close as he could come, and it was like 100% approval. It was great to hear him do that and see him stand there with his hands in his pockets. So there's a lot of good stuff that can happen when you can't do anything much normal at all. You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying. Well, there is no there's of- no question being posed, but I will make the comment that your ability to be pursuing a better understanding of yourself and your emotions at any age is much to your credit. Congratulations for being willing to do that, especially considering the origin story, which is remarkable pretty much beyond words. I don't know what you're talking about. What origin story? What you're just saying about your mother and your father and their difficulty accepting or expressing uh, affection and approval and the the fact that you're doing anything to improve your own ability to comprehend and work with your emotional life is remarkable. In, in in light of the the depth of the woundedness of the two people that raised you. Well, thanks. They were good good people. Yeah, they were just very deeply wounded. It's just like you. I mean, like imagine we're talking about you going to this reparenting training as a therapist and somebody says, here, lay on this blanket and receive acceptance and nurturance from some outside person and you're saying, I can't do that. Well, the reason you can't do that is because your parents were even more deeply wounded than you and they did the best they can, they could with whatever resources they had but they had serious traumatizing childhoods. They had a serious lack of training for loving, nurturing, supportive parenting or even loving, nurturing, supportive human interaction. You know, I don't know anything about any kind of violence from either of them when they were small. My mother it was an only child. It, it doesn't surprise me. And really? it doesn't Why? mean it wasn't there. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. Oh, okay. Do you remember the studies with the rhesus monkeys and the surrogate mothers and Do you remember hearing about that in your training as a therapist? No. 
you remember all of the work with babies with failure to thrive? Yeah. They, they would be in these war zones and they'd have these orphanages because the, the village would be blown up or the parents were killed in the war or whatever, and they've got these infants, and they've got dozens of them. And they've got yeah. not enough workers to hold them all. So they're running around changing diapers mm-hmm. and sticking a bottle in a baby. And, and, and they're trying to keep them reasonably clean and fed. And they're dying. Some of them die. Yeah. yeah. And they're not dying of malaria. And they're not dying of some infection. They just, and they, they later they called it failure to thrive. Right. I remember that. Well, then they started to try and study that, how we're going to make sense of this and how do we study it without hurting babies. Oh, let's use monkeys. They're relatively close to us. Oh, boy. So they took these mm. monkeys and they gave them these, all of the physical requirements for sustaining life, and, you know, fluids, mm-hmm. water, uh, nutrition, milk in a bottle, um, you know, clean cage, etc., and no physical contact. Mm. And they didn't do well, and they would stop taking the bottle, and they would have the failure to thrive. And if they didn't in, induce, you know, the uh, a, a mother monkey to nurture them or humans to nurture them, they would die. Mm-hmm. Or they in this very, very weird kind of schizophrenic state, isolated state. So then they, they, they said, well, let's, um, let's give them um, this wire frame that looks like a, a mother monkey and the nipple coming out of the wire frame about where the, mother's, the, the monkey's uh, breast would be. Let's see if mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Well, some of those monkeys would get attached to the wire cage, but, you know, it, they, they, they weren't healthy. And then they mm-hmm. said, well, let's cover the wire cage with something that's soft and kind of furry and see what happens. And, and they did all of these experiments, and they saw the devastating effect of lack of nurturance and support. Mm. You didn't, and none of those monkeys had to be beaten. They didn't have to have any violence. Maybe it would have been better if they had. Well, it would be different, not better, right, but different if they had. So we don't know. Well, we don't know, but we don't know that your mother and or father had lots of violence in their life, but we know they probably did not have good, loving, nurturing, supportive, physical affection, etc. Emotionally mm-hmm. supportive physical affection. Mm. And they may have craved it, and they may have been like you in the reparenting class, craving it and not able to accept it, both at the same time. Yeah. Right. And again, I'll just say that the only way out of that dilemma is with experience. You can't think your way out of it. You can't lecture your way out of it. You can't do enough worksheets around it Mm -hmm. to make a change. It has to be an in vivo, an in-life, a real-life situation where you get to feel 
the experiences and incorporate them, integrate them, mm. and learn that there is, you know, uh, that they are survivable, that this is safe, etc. Not through lecturing, but through the experience of it. I wonder if it's possible to do that in the reverse and heal yourself in the process. You know, this business of... Do what in the reverse? Give that kind of attention to other people in order to receive it. And I'm talking about safe, even unknown people. Maybe to start with, for me, it would be easier. For instance, this gentle art of blessing going around and saying, I love you and I bless you, I can feel my heart open a little with most people. But I've been extending that into imagining putting my hand on the side of their face and just caressing their face. Or stroking their, pushing their hair back. Excellent. And the more vivid you can make it, we know that there's yeah. a certain level of of integration of this stuff that we can get through, you know, creative visualization. That's what this feels like, and it also has a physical effect. It It actually helps me feel love for them, even though I don't know them. They're... Lots of people who walk in the park, uh, various ages and sizes and so forth. And I practice that, even with the people who I'm not particularly drawn to, and in practically every case. It reminds me of something you said two or three weeks ago. You said, what do you do with that kind of love? You give it to everybody. I thought, oh, fat chance, you know, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. But you can and it's very cerebral at the start. It's just an intention and a plan. Exactly. Just like we, saying I cancel the goal or I cancel I need to be right. When I yeah. first start saying it, my mind doesn't even know what that means. Right. Yeah. And it also seems to, what's the word, dilute or disperse. a feeling of lack that I go have gone through life a lot. And I figure everybody has it because we're, we feel separate. We're looking for God. I think that's probably built into the human condition to some extent. But to practice this closes the gap a bit without it being uh, dangerous. I have to watch out for danger. <laughs> so... It seems safe. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny oh, about I'd the love to know. I would love to know what your definition of danger and it being dangerous is in that. Because it's going to be different for all of us. But yeah. we're talking about loving and giving affection to people and then you throw in the word dangerous. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's so opposite of everything I've had the experience of in my life that that's just, that's humorous. But then, you know, we do come from different planets, so that's okay. Yeah, well, you're lucky. You had a, you had a good planet. That was very good. <sighs> so 
So what would your definition of dangerous be in that phrase? Oh, that's easy, and you already know it, Dr. Tim. If I I actually did that, yeah. If I actually did that, well, there are two minds here. Because if I, I mean, I saw a guy named John who has a dog named Teddy, and they came walking. He's probably 58 years old or something. Tall, nice guy. And we're standing, you know, apart the way you do to keep your dogs from eating each other up or whatever. And I'm looking at him and I'm practicing this gentle art of blessing and I'm picturing putting my hand on his face. And I'm just loving him and loving doing it. But if I actually did it, it would be dangerous. And the reason it would be dangerous is because I picture he would be totally grossed out. There you have it. There you have it. Who is, in your opinion, the most uh, attractive female celebrity these days? No, I don't know. I don't name know. name somebody that name somebody that would be an attractive female celebrity from recent or distant past. Taylor Swift. She's so much in the news. Okay, so Taylor Swift. Do you believe that he would be totally grossed out if Taylor Swift did that to him? No. There is your work. Yeah. There is your work. Your work is to understand your beauty and value. Your work is to dismantle every belief you hold that you are not beautiful, that you are in some way gross or distasteful or whatever the words might be. That's your work. I don't know. I I understand what you're saying. Okay, I'll keep quiet. I'll just think about that. I know what you're saying. Because that false belief within you is the only thing that has you reaching the conclusion that it would be dangerous to do that by your own mm. description. You know, apropos of something, I'm sure, this popped to mind. I was on my Al-Anon Zoom meeting the other day, and we often have new people who are showing up. Speaking of old ladies, this 88-year-old woman came onto the screen. She is in England. She confessed in the chat that she was isolated, didn't go out much, probably disabled. But the look on her face was so angelic. It was a smile that came from way down deep in her. It's as if she was pure light sitting there. And I was thinking, I want to be like that. It would be okay to get old if I could be like that. And I literally felt such love for that lady. And she didn't even say anything. But I thought, wow, some people do sort of break that stereotype and she was one of them and I remember one other I won't go into it but similar thing just 
a very beautiful old lady. Apropos of I don't know what, Dr. Tim. When you talk, our minds kind of explode. I imagine everybody does this. They start thinking about things and they have memories. and Quite incredible. Well, I know that you have said in the past that you don't like to listen back to shows where you were talking or did a worksheet or whatever. And yet, I think this one, at least the second half of this segment of us talking, would be very useful for you. I'm not sure I could go back and reenact it for you, but... Mm -hmm. At least the part okay. about where you're finding the idea of experimenting with this, being more loving, being more engaging physically is dangerous. Mm. And then the reason you believe it's dangerous is that if you did that to someone, they would be grossed out. But they wouldn't be grossed out if Marilyn Monroe or Taylor Swift or name your, you know, whoever you think is attractive. Mm. That highlights that you are holding very strongly deep within you conclusions about your being gross and repulsive. And the roots of that are woven into the the things you have told us about your family of origin and the lack of nurturing, physical comfort, loving touch, gentle, supportive, emotional connection, all rolled into these conclusions that you're carrying within you. And that's the work for you mm. in this particular mm-hmm. instance to be dismantled. Yeah. I can think of some ways to start doing that with people in my life. I do have people in my life I trust enough to maybe ask for some very controlled situation. I'll, I'll put it together. I'll think about that. Well, and, you know, you can also be doing the worksheets and the journaling about dismantling those negative and therefore false beliefs about yourself. Mm. Well, I do have two minds. I I hear what you're saying, and I agree with it. And, you know, I don't always feel that way. But Michael says, look in the mirror and do a... A love exchange. Yeah, love exchange. A love exchange. That's yeah. I With find yourself. that really hard to do. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. I imagine. How else could you reach the conclusion that somebody would be grossed out if you lovingly stroked their cheek while while sending them loving blessings? How else could you be grossed out or think it's dangerous? Mm. 
So in, in keeping with our uh, agreement, someone has raised a hand. So I'm turning on the microphone for area code 314. You're in the air. A very brief comment that I hope is appropriate and a conversation, just that it's excellent. It's 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 supportive. And I wanted to say, offer the question into the space that if if Susan feels like it's unsafe to offer affection because maybe there wasn't a lot of that in her life because her parents were wounded, what might Susan think her parents would think about some small child that's still connected to itself as love offering affection to them? And how might they react to that? Ideas that might not even be in your consciousness now, but and 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 such a reaction if if it came out of their pain, and they thought it was dangerous, how might that impact the child? That that's just you know I'm just I just want to add I just see so much depth and richness and potential in what you're conversing about as Dr. Tim just said for you to listen to this again and. And that was my thought. It's like, what, where, where would your parents have been uh, in their wounded condition, feeling like offering or receiving affection if it was dangerous? How would that impact a child who, by its own nature, would want to offer affection as a very, very young child? So that's all I had to offer. I, I don't want to disrupt the conversation. I hope to add something to it. That's you're not I'm disrupting. Are you Doug? Is this Doug? Yes, yes. Hi. Hi, Hi Doug. Dude. I also on the radio show. Right. Thank you for yeah. saying what you said. I, I, I don't know if I understood what you said. Maybe Dr. Tim did and can translate. I, um, I would like to have I, you I, clarify I, that with Doug. Okay. So, so the, the thought, Susan, is that if you have something in you from obviously your life experience that would think that for you to offer affection would be perceived by the recipient as dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so you stated that to be case. Now then I'm asking you to go back in, into your parents' past and imagine how might they have responded or thought? What what's likely if they if they received even a worse dose of of something from their wounded parents? How might they perceive offering affection? They would likely think it dangerous for them to offer affection. That that the recipient would experience it as alarming. And and mm-hmm. if that's true, how might they? themselves be wired up to respond to innocent affection being given to them. It it seems likely that okay. they would experience right. okay. that as dangerous. That's all. All right. So so Doug, what you're saying is I'm guessing that here's Susan, an infant and a young child, who yes. automatically naturally for this you know, it's hardwired into us to connect with our parents for survival mechanisms. So we cling, we hug, we this and that and the other thing. How would 
Susan's parents have responded to her normal, natural expression of affection, and then how would that have registered for Susan as the infant and the young child? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the summary. That's a, very good. That's the thought. Just just to look into that, because it seems likely to me that even pre-thought level of youth, if if there was a dynamic awake there, and it's only natural that Susan would have been offering that affection, and it only seems reasonable that perhaps her parents would have perceived that as dangerous or inappropriate because of their training, and how would that response have impacted Susan as a, a small child? And well, that's just, just that's... sorry, Doug. I interrupted. No, no. You you have the floor. <laughs> no, I think that's what happened. My mom used to say, "Oh, I like little babies," and there is one picture of her holding me when I was about six months old. And I looked very happy and comfortable. And I really think she meant it. She really loved little babies. But she used to say, as soon as they were up and walking, I didn't want to touch them. I didn't want anything to do with them much. I didn't like them. That's what she said. She didn't say those other things. She said, I didn't like little kids. And of course, how similar that is. How huh? similar that sounds how similar that sounds to me to the description you described of the difference between what you experience when you think about what it would be like to receive affection as compared to what you do experience in your body when you actually receive it. It sounds like your mom wanted that. It appealed to her, but, but then as children were older and able to actually connect she found that dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I imagine she did. I'm sure she did. And if she felt that way towards strange children, how much then to her own? More. And how would that have affected you as an innocent, loved-by-nature being, even pre-thought age? That's the, the <laughs> thing to consider. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. Sure. Thanks for what you shared. It, it's a, a deep lesson in it and process for all of us. Thank you so much. You're breathing, Susan? I'm breathing. Yeah, the other thing I noticed, Susan, is how quickly when you were on that subject and diving into it and then you diverted away from it when and, and took the conversation out of that space, that happened. When you listen to it, you'll see that. When you re-listen to it, you'll see that. So why, again, that's the question, are you breathing? What's in there that needs to be felt and worked on, as Dr. Tim suggested, that there might be some wealth of something there? Yeah, there's a lot of different voices going on, too.
Yeah, I just I just want to take deep breaths on it myself, and I'm not <laughs> you. Just, but whatever yeah. in me that triggers it enough that uh, that uh, there's something to be breathed into. Well, I'm not sure I can add anything of value to that. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. And thank you, Susan. I I hope you can bring yourself to change the pattern and go back and listen at least to the second half of this. Okay. I'm not making any promises, but I hear you. I'll do it if I if I do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I think you know I I think it'd be great to do it with support from somebody. I think it'd be great to replay it in your support group or you know do a a separate session with somebody that you could do just let's go back and listen to this. And stop it and, and have commentary and see what what you find because uh, th- there's a whole new level of work there for you that you've outlined that uh, anytime any of us find work like that at a deeper level, it just would hold such rich rewards if we can get ourselves to do it. Mm. I mean, can you even imagine going through your life from this point on where whenever you thought about yourself, you thought about yourself the way you you felt toward that that woman in that Zoom call who was just sitting there or in, in your Al-Anon group Al-Anon. where she's just smiling and radiating energy. Mm-hmm. Can you even imagine what your life would be like if the energy you had, the affection, the attraction you had for that person is all you ever felt about yourself. Wow. That's a, that's a great thought. That's, that, that'll just give you a hint of the rewards available for doing that kind of work. Mm. Okay. All right, I will mute you. Thank you so much for the call and the processing, and I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff that we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll turn on the microphone for and welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Diem. Appreciate you. Thanks welcome for covering yesterday. You're, you're welcome. Have a wonderful show. Thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of Mindshifters Radio, and today is Thursday, August the 3rd, 2023, and our call-in number is 563-999-3581, and press 1, and we would love to hear your comments and questions, because that makes this your show. 
And we'll give Michael just a moment to get dialed in. And uh, uh, yesterday, Michael had a couple of meetings with different people, and I actually spent the whole day with Aria Rain at the zoo. We had beautiful weather, and it was just she and I, and, and it was awesome spending time together making memories. If you're connected with me on Facebook, you'll see pictures of it on my Facebook page. And we had a blast. And it was really cool, some of the things that she said and came up with. And and I mentioned something about um, memorizing. And she said, what is that? And I said, well, it's when you take information and you put it in your brain, in your mind, and it stays in there. So then the next time, it just pops right back up again. I said, it's kind of like at school. I said, you're going to learn things, but a lot of things that you so-called learn is just that you memorize them. And then when you have a quiz or a test or something on it, then you'll be able to just pop up the answers and, and give it. And she goes, oh, I have something in my memory. And I said, oh, I said, what's that? And she tells me a joke. And I said, okay. I said, yes, that's memorizing. You memorize the joke and then... It just popped up, and you could tell it again. And I said, so that's what memorizing is. I said, and then she talked again about controlling her dreams, and she said, it's just really cool because I can dream about the unicorns, and I can sleep at the same time. And so she's just, it's amazing the things that she is coming up with and, and learning. And, and we went around to many animals that she could tell me what they were before I even read the plaque that was, next to the cage or whatever and so she's just it's just really cool and then when we got home and her mom was there and and I was handing all of her stuff over and and telling her bye and she goes well can you not just spend the night with me (laughs) and I looked up at Gabby and she just kind of looked at me and I was like no I said but you know we'll see you again next time and I said you'll be able to spend the night with us again soon but she's just um she's a trip so do you have a question, anything that you're wanting to process, um, what is up for you? And I'm going to check and see if Michael is having challenges getting into the switchboard. Not showing up on there yet. So um, you can also go to the website. We've got a lot of new things on the website. You can... Uh, Scroll around and look under schedules, under media files. We've put some more stuff out on uh, our YouTube channel. You can pick up the Global Book Club now. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, then we do. Uh, I'm clicking on the website here at the same time. But we do the regular book club. They're going through the Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And uh, they have reached, let's see, they just completed Chapter 7. And so that is going on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. So that'll be next week, the 10th, 24th. And then the third and the fifth Sunday, they're doing the book club, All the Course in Miracles. Well, you can pick up the archives for Chapter 7 that they just completed. You can also go to the, and I've got both of those. If you click on Schedule, you can see both the book club, the Why Book Club, and the Course in Miracles. And you can pick up the July 20th. What is the world? And so actually, if you're following along, uh, if you do the course, there are now three of what we're doing is playing actually the video, the DVD work from a workshop 
and then having questions and answers afterwards. So there are now three out there that normally you have to purchase. And, you know, of course, if you want to support us, still you can purchase them from going to our shop. And uh, they're on our disk, and they're also on a uh, download. Well, not download, but a streaming. And so there is the introduction and advanced understanding of A Course in Miracles. There's the new beginning and what is the world. And on the third Thursday, which is the 17th, they're going to be doing My Inheritance. So that'll be four of the workshop DVDs that you can access uh, by going under, on the website, going under the Global Book Club Course in Miracles. And we're still not sure about the, we had announced a possible work week coming up at Heartland that's still up in the air. Don't have any information on that for you yet, but you can keep an eye on that on the website. And Michael's with us now, so I'm going to say welcome, Michael. Hey, thank you, sweetheart. And I'll uh, I'll just add to that last thought you had. We have a building that has a roof leak and I need to make a trip out there to get that roof taken care of and some other projects. So if anybody wants to come play with me for, I don't know, a few days, help to uh, support Heartland getting some of the things together, uh, any possibility of contributing to the support of about a five grand new roof, that would be helpful too. And, several other projects and with Heartland sitting empty for the last four years and we continuing here to uh, to move the work forward it's uh, it's created a bit of a dearth of cash flow and so if anybody feels inclined to pitch in and help it that would be awesome beyond that we're just kind of rock and roll I'm, I'm just sitting on the edge of if we get some people who'll come and help to do that project then I'll set a date and head out to Heartland. We'll do some breathing. We'll do some forgiveness work. We'll do some teaching and learning and processing together aside from getting some projects done. So put that in your hopper and see how it fits. And beyond that, I had an exciting morning planned this morning. A few days ago, it was raining here. Had some heavy garden work to do. We've actually got a neighbor that... There's a very steep hill, and he's got a bunch of compost that he's been building for years. And uh, unfortunately, his neighbor, who owns a property right adjacent, is uh, taking out a bunch of trees, and it's going to trash his plans for all this compost. So anyway, a few days ago, I went. It was raining. Jeannie and I went out. If you've seen the pictures on Facebook, she posted a picture of herself looking like a drowned rat as I looked. Anyway, uh, it was good to go out and work in the rain and much better than the heat. And we were having rain this morning. I thought, well, I'm going to get out there early and do some more of that heavy work in the garden. And uh, there, and I was out there for about maybe 90 seconds. I'm freezing. It's too cold. The rain was like freezing cold. So I didn't get anything done this morning. But anyway, it has warmed up about five degrees. So maybe the difference will be enough for me to go out this afternoon and do some of that. But we, uh, it was interesting, last night went down to 66 here, and the high today is 71. We've been really blessed. We've had a few hot days, but we haven't been struck with the uh, the crazy 100-degree-plus temperatures that so many places have gotten around the country and around the world. So we're blessed. And tomatoes and squash and zucchini and herbs by the thousands are coming in or hundreds anyway maybe not maybe i'm exaggerating a little but anyway it's been pretty awesome we've been eating more and more out of the garden so that's exciting and beyond that 
been working with several people and uh, I've added something new to our roster. I'm available to do one-on-one -on -one personal work if you're interested in doing some one-on-one -on -one sessions. Uh, still Point Breathing, on a personal level, we've had the Still Point Breathing Club, but we've had a couple of people who wanted to do something more private, more personal, so we've I've added that to uh, to our roster. You know, it's been about 25 years since I've done any one-on-one work, one work with people. Closest I usually get to that is in an intensive. And because, you know, we've settled here in Bristol and aren't traveling, that, you know, not being on the road is really chopped into our cash flow, so it's kind of a necessity that I go back to doing some one-on-one -on -one work. So if you're interested in that, let me know, and we'll set up appointments, and uh, we'll get some of that done. It just takes, um, you know, things like this radio show. We don't get paid to do it. We pay to do it every month. <laughs> and uh, Heartland, of course, is just a, a money sink right now with taxes and electric bill. You can't turn the electric off, and that runs about $500 a month. And uh, Texas in about the same range. So anyway, lots of fun things going on and uh, building. The book club has just been getting some awesome results, some really sweet, sweet uh, input and insights out of the uh, countries that uh, this Yinka's London, England, um, what can I say, service center, I guess, for bringing healing to the world is reaching out into several countries and giving us an outreach there. So we'll be moving that forward. And beyond that, I'm just uh, excited and delighted about new insights, new levels. Gene and I were watching some new physics stuff last night, and uh, it, it, it feels like I'm on the edge of a new – I mean, getting, you know, intuitive visuals of how this energy field works and uh, been really feeling like on the, the verge of the next level, the next breakthrough in opening to really understanding and being able to hand people the tools for achieving the same thing. Remember that this isn't about what I do, it's about what you do. We're just here to break through the experience, share the experience, and hand you the tools. There's nothing here to believe in, nothing here to accept, nothing here. Just here are the tools. Yeah. We see so many uh, who've, uh, who've embarked on that journey through what becomes churchianity, and then, you know, so many create themselves a dogma. Well, here's how you have to live. Here's what I, here's what I believe. Therefore, you have to believe it, too. And... Uh, you know, it's led to the point where with what they call Christianity, which most of it's not Christianity, all it's churchianity, there's some 32,000 sects all believing they've got the way you're supposed to do it and the rules and the, all the stuff that goes along with it. And we don't have any of that. What we have are tools for you to have a personal experience, personally experienced. That's all. We've... I've studied diligently, worked diligently, done the work diligently to decode the how-to. And, you know, what in some cases has taken decades to learn, we're happy to hand it to you and say, here, try it out, and then happy to support you in trying it out and having your own personal experience personally experienced. And so that's the extent of this work. It's, it's bringing together from, you know, one of my doctorates is in holistic philosophy. 
how does the whole thing work together and assembling and putting the whole thing together so that we can each have that direct personal experience, not believing in somebody else's experience, but have the direct personal experience ourselves. Collapsing the insane mind and touching into the true mind of love that we're all designed to live out of, the truth about us. You know, that's just it. It's a simple bottom line. You are made of the stuff called love. The only thing you have to do is discover that and bring it into expression in your life. Yeshua never said, love your neighbor. Yeshua never said, love God. That's all men's baloney. Yeshua said, be the presence of love. Discover the truth about yourself and function as the presence of love when you think of creator, when you think of neighbor. Then you're going to have the experience of your human life. And we're here to recover, to be restored to the, each person, to restore each person individually and collectively to the experience of our human lives. And in that comes all the insight, all of the breakthroughs, all of the openings, all of the wow, awesome moments. And in your own environment, in your own circle, your own family, your own friends, to be able to inspire and open that same experience for them. No belief system to sell. Just, here's how you do it. So delighted you're on the team to be here and be part of the conversation. And even if you don't think of yourself as being on the team, if you're listening, brain cells are firing in you. Brain cells are building in you. And the wider and wider a field we can have those brain cells firing. You know, if somebody's listening in Timbuktu today, then the vibration, the energy today is in Timbuktu and there to support that coming into expression in people who live in Timbuktu or Timbuktu or wherever it is. I talked last week about the uh, the fact that if you do a little research about patents, you'll find that totally, completely revolutionary, unheard of, unseen, unthought of inventions have appeared in several places on the planet simultaneously, literally patented the same day. Ideas that people who have never communicated with each other, never heard of each other, never seen each other, each one, you know, somebody in Italy and somebody in Brazil and somebody in, you know, Timbuktu patents their invention the same day, the same invention. When an energy appears in the world, it becomes available to anybody who is willing to engage in it and willing to be receptive to it. So, well, sometimes it seems futile. I've had people say, Michael, why do you, you know, we're not traveling now, but when we traveled, it's why do you spend 30 weeks on the road and you go week after week after week to city after city after city? And, Michael, I was at one of your workshops, you know, six months ago, and you had 12 people there. Why would you stop and, and talk? Because I don't know which one is the one that's going to bring the critical mass in. So we're committed to taking it anywhere on the planet because all that has to happen is the energy up here. And if one of us, if you or I bring the energy, the new level of understanding, the new energy in, it then becomes available to everybody more easily. And each one who engages it strengthens it. Yeshua the physicist said a little leavening leavens the whole loaf. Each one who does that piece of work, even if it seems like 
I can't break through. I just can't do that. It's like, okay, did you put the effort into it? Did you bring even a little piece of something new in? Then whatever you brought in is now available to the world. And while that may seem insignificant, it is not insignificant. It is a major, major benefit. Each person who taps in. So by just listening, you're bringing that energy in a strengthened way into the world. And then, of course, if you pick up the tools and you take it to a new level and start bringing your own discoveries in and then come and share those discoveries with us, then by strengthening it, by listening, you know, we know there are people in Australia. We know there are people in Sweden. We know there are people all over the globe that are participating. And so strengthening and bringing it through. By the way, to our Australia contingent, we extend our love and our support, knowing that the next level of healing crisis is happening for you there, and know that we're just uh, extending love in your direction, holding you in our hearts deeply, deeply, deeply in appreciation for the work you've been doing and sharing with us over the years. So breathing with you, opening that space on deeper and deeper levels. So, Miss Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Questions for we us, answers, have, ideas? We do have someone, and it's Lisa. We tr- I told her we tried to get a hold of her earlier to talk to her. She said she wasn't real oh. sure how clear her voice was going to be, but she's going to attempt it. So, Lisa, you're on. Well, <laughs> Lisa... Lisa, delighted to hear your voice. We tried to find you this morning after we saw your post on Facebook, and uh, hi. the number I had wasn't good, so hi. You're I loud know, and clear. It was, I was out driving with one eye, and uh, it didn't even ring. I didn't hear anything. Um, I have gotten Bell's palsy, in, so my speech is weird, and I'm all jacked up, and I just need everyone who's listening to help me pray it away. <laughs> you sound you sound pretty clear, Lisa. Your voice is clear. Well, my and, words uh, are funny. Yeah. Not here. Not here. No, you sound good. You sound oh, better than you well, think. You're you're probably you're probably playing out of an old power person dynamic that says there's something out of place for you. Uh, but the you truth is, your voice face. is loud and clear. <laughs> I did see your face. We watched your video this morning, dear heart, and it's with great crazy. compassion, we're thinking about you. You're, Thank you so much. Please text us your latest. Yeah, please text us or Facebook message us your latest number because the one I've got, I called and it went through as though it was disconnected. So just oh, I've had the same number for like 20 years. Yeah. So, the way we uh, attempted to call okay. you was through Facebook. You could make a Facebook call. Yeah, that, that was how we tried that. I was, in, I was in traffic. So sure. uh, my girlfriend Regina is here. She had the real bright blonde hair. You guys met her in Mills River at some, yes. you, like a unity type of church setting. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So she's still my bestie. So she's oh, over cool. here. She was listening to you a second ago, but she had to go to a job interview. But uh, well, right holding on. space and extending love. There's both of us here, right? Right. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think back to that intensive you came to in Florida. That was such uh-huh. a uh, a dynamic. Everybody that was at that workshop. That was such a powerful dynamic workshop for everybody that Crazy. was there. And. Uh, <laughs> 
the the piece where each several people at the same time we didn't know until afterward that that was actually a Native American burial ground that center we were at oh, and Jesus. where we were we were doing the still point breathing remember several people had this yes. message that came that that Native American spirits were asking can we come through your field into the light where we're stuck here and then we found out afterward when we talked to the owner of the property oh that was a Native American burial ground so that was just oh, a, Jesus. A awesome awesome and we're still in touch with Terry remember Terry was at that workshop and uh, he, we touch we I'm talk to him all touch. the time yeah I'm st- I still talk to him periodically Sweet. Awesome. So I don't know how to get a hold of Michelle. I had some questions for Michelle uh, regarding uh, what had happened with the whole John of God scenario, but um, that's actually horrible. Yeah, unfortunately, he was found uh, responsible and liable for some (laughs) sexual abuse. uh, Crazy uh, shit. Nobody knew, right? Yeah, it's an old story that... uh, Unfortunately, if people are unresolved in their sexuality, it ends up crazy time. And so, unfortunately. Well, I but have I a will, large uh, crystal. I have. Yeah, I have, I believe, her. her phone number. So I'll, te- I'll text it to you. Yeah. Um, she brought me a crystal that had been blessed by him. And it's a big, like, huge piece that's on my front porch. And mm. I thought I should have thrown it in a creek somewhere or something and then... A healer friend of mine told me that the crystal wants to stay with me and that I should just neutralize it somehow. But Michelle was bringing home these huge suitcases of crystals that have been blessed by him. And um, it's like a five-pound piece. It's like the size of a bowling ball. And it's on my front porch still. So it was – I don't know what to think about that, but (laughs) – well, and because there was that anomaly going on in crazy time in his field doesn't mean that there weren't other areas where he was on track. And, you know, I think he's a lot of awesome work. And uh, yes. like, uh, like everyone, you know, who, who among us is perfect? Who among us does not have energetic patterns of insanity in us? I yes. certainly won't say that I don't have any. been working through them right. to the best of my ability, but, you know, that's what we are all here to do. Well, I have never sat alone for almost four years. You guys have never seen me do that. Mm, and yeah, I am out there. I am breaking patterns like a lot as far as nice. um ignoring red flags and not have any discernment with my partners. And um I've come a long way with my self worth and I am so paying attention what I would call deadly lonely, where, like, I just need somebody to hold me or something, but, like, I'm really, really, really super lonely, but, like, I'm not going to take any more trashy situations. You know what I mean? Good for you. (laughs) So two thoughts in that regard is, one, you can be totally, completely, 1,000% alone and never be lonely. Lonely is a Uh construct of the mind. I support you digging out the worksheets and forgiving I, your, honey, your mind's honey. capacity. I, Let me I tell you, you forgiving. I support you. Hold on for a second. I support you being okay. able to forgive your mind's capacity to produce a reality called loneliness. 
and that in your alone time, you have that silence to take yourself to the next level. It's awesome. Okay. I have a worksheet in my hand. I okay. do not want – I want the original one that doesn't talk about the rose and the butterfly and all that stuff. The original, original, when I first met you, um, I've got little folders all over the house that have your stuff in it. And what I want to do is get back to the very first original one before it was modified. That's my favorite one. But I am going like to do a worksheet on – on what? There's like 20 different versions on the website. You can go out and The very one first like. one from when I first met you guys. I'm going to do a worksheet on the Bell's Palsy, okay? Mm-hmm. And I got it sitting here in my hand. The live actual blank sheet. I don't think I want to even write on it. I think I'll use a different piece of paper. But <clears throat> I have folders bouncing all over the house with all the different versions. Of the worksheet. So what is it? So what is it impinged upon you energetically that has created this expression? Let me share a story. I have no idea. Woman, yeah. Well. Okay. Here, be with me. Be with me. So, back in my early work in Fort Lauderdale, forty years ago, I worked with a woman who was in her eighties, and. She had Bell's palsy. She, mm-hmm. The Bell's palsy started when she was about five years of age. She was a healthy, normal, totally normal little girl. And she and her mother were going on a train ride. And when they went to get on the train, a woman who had Bell's palsy was coming off the train, and this little five-year-old was just terrified by the look of this woman with Bell's palsy. Okay. The woman left. She got on the train with her mother. I forget what their destination was, but by the time they got to their destination, the five-year-old child had Bell's palsy. Oh, my God. An energetic, a fear-based energetic pattern impacted her physiologically mm-hmm. to such a degree that her body replicated what she had seen and what had brought up terror in her. So mm. I just share that with you, that you might be able to, as you do this worksheet you're going to do, and collapse whatever the perception is around this, that you might be able to drop into what was the energy that impinged upon you that you need to embrace in a space of love and process out so that your tissue can be restored and your brain and body go back to normal. I was having some financial doom that morning and I spazzed out a little bit about like, a cash app card and like thinking I wasn't going to be able to get the gas I needed in my car. And I had a little spaz attack that morning. Um, and uh-huh. I let myself go into like a kind of a almost panic. I wouldn't call it a panic attack, but I did spaz out and get really stressed out that morning. So I do worksheets <laughs> on that for starters then. What, what, what yeah. happened that morning, I do worksheets around every aspect of what that was about for you and see what opens and what you need to embrace and make sure with each step and each aspect of that 
morning you look at that you keep your breath open and moving? Well, I was afraid to be embarrassed because I was going to the lake with my chiropractor, who is a very muscle-bound, sexy guy. He's he's married to a man, but I love looking at him. He's very beautiful. And I was embarrassed Mm -hmm. that I might have to hit him up for gas money, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's not normal for my chiropractor and I to go to the lake. So I was trying to make him think I was perfect. And I was showing up crazy at the gas station because I didn't know if the money had transferred. And I was very embarrassed if I was going to have to hit him up for money. That's what got me so crazy because I wanted to make an impression with him that I wasn't a screw-up. Okay? Right. So it was just so a I stupid thing my that I spazzed out perfect? over. I wanted I him cancel to cancel my need to appear to be perfect? Yes. I cancel my need for people to think I'm perfect? Yes. Yes. So it was all a root of embarrassment, which means I was scared he wasn't going to accept me if I showed up crazy without any gas when we were driving an hour and 20 minutes away. Right. So Have you got a pen and paper? I not right this second. My dog is ready at the groomer and they want me to pick her up and it's I got to get out of okay. here. Um, Well, let me just offer you a mind shifter, and I'll ask Jeannie if she'll write it down and send it to you so you've got (laughs) it to work with. Okay. So so here's the mind shifter. I'm going to ask you to breathe as I share it, and then I'll ask Jeannie to write it down uh, and, and put it in the notes and send it to you. So it's safe and healing for me to go out into the world with Bell's palsy (laughs) and be totally, completely proud and accepting of who I am. Uh Uh-huh. Notice what that does with your breath. Yeah. So notice where in your body, right there, when you just did that catch, notice where in your body that catch was, physiologically. Probably my stomach. That's where you want to go. Okay, so that's where you want to go to clean up the energy. I want to tell you guys something crazy. I go to to acupuncture. I go to a Taoist acupuncture student clinic. And they are calling this an injury that was caused by wind. They're saying it was a ceiling fan. All of the gurus in my life that are very, the most brilliant people in my life, which you're one of them, these acupuncture masters are telling me that this could have been caused by a ceiling fan. Uh Have you heard of something so crazy that you're not supposed to have wind blowing on you when you're sleeping at night? Well, remember that it's all energy. They're calling it an energy of the wind or an injury of wind. And when they needled my face, they put TENS units on the needles, and they said they were trying right. to take the wind out of my face. Isn't that crazy? No, that's not crazy. In, in the East, there's this five-element theory of healing and disease, and one of the elements is wind. Heat is yeah, another. Yeah, so I'm full so of wind. Whenever there is an, yeah, whenever there is an <laughs> excess or, <laughs> well, okay, we're going to stay keep a distance then. So I'm no, farting, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm farting, in right. That, in, that, in that 
understanding of the elements, an excess of wind can create a disturbance anywhere in the field, an excess of that energy. It's just an energy. And so in the same, an excess of water or a deficiency on either end can create a disease process. So I would go ahead and embrace it from that perspective, receive that, and do the work on loneliness, do the work on embarrassment. And as you address each aspect of whatever that dis-ease process is, there will be recovery and healing of that energetic aspect. So they called all the big wigs in to look at my face, like they called the big bosses in and the managers in. Right. And they all right. walked in, and, and the, the students told the big bosses, we have here an injury of the wind. I'm like, oh, right. my God. I can't believe this. What about people that ride motorcycles? What about and, – and now one of the students was saying that she got vertigo from sleeping with her windows open – So you're not supposed to have wind moving when you're sleeping in the bedroom? I mean, that's kind of like really horrible, horrible news, you know? Well, I don't, my, my, my understanding would be a little different than that. So I'm not sure that's accurate, but where you're in balance, you know, let's say that element in you is in, is balanced and then something comes in and impinges on it, you're open to that being impinged on, it can throw that out of balance. And that could be something like, you know, a fan moving that energy. Now, that's in that five-element theory. It's a different theory of medicine. And I've seen some powerful and experienced personally some powerful, wonderful healing under that system of understanding. So not suggesting it's the end-all and be-all, but I certainly would em- embrace it, seeing as how you've got that input from experts in that arena, and do your work around it and, and work from every aspect that you can and clean it up. Be holy. Do it holistically, every aspect. Well, I don't really have a printer, but I am going to get your OG original gangster worksheet, Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I am so glad that you guys touched base to check on me. Um, My dog is a senior citizen, and she's very nervous, and she's waiting at the edge of her seat for me to pick her up. Go for it. From her haircut. Well, she's a gorgeous poodle, and she was getting shaved. So Uh I'm going to go handle my daughter, and then I will touch base with you guys again. All Thank right, you so me. much. Appreciate you. Okay. Extending okay. love in your direction, dear heart. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Blessings. <sighs> Breathing with you. So inviting everybody to breathe with Lisa at this moment. It's a challenging manifestation of energy to process. So holding the space for you, Lisa. And as I breathe, I'm experiencing a pulsing on the right side of my face, Lisa, if that Helps that pulse to open for you and 
clear up that aberrant energy to allow your face to go back to a normalized posture. Holding the space. And Miss Jeannie, do we have anybody else in the phone queue with a hand up or anything else happening in the chat room? No. It, uh, well, I'm not sure if Doug lowered his hand and raised his hand. Let's check with him first. And then otherwise, there's nobody with a hand up. And I was going to say, let's read the last chapter of Michael Singer's book. So okay. Let's check with Doug. Well, let's say hi to Doug. Hello, young man. Did you press one again or was your hand still up from Dr. Tim? Are you with us, Doug? Hello, Doug. How are you? Are you muted? Sometimes I am, too. Yes. I was muted. Hi there. Okay. We got you. You're loud and clear. <laughs> Welcome. How I, you be, sir? I'm fine. I uh Well good. I think my hand must have I don't I don't remember raising my hand, but that's all right. <laughs> well you're here, so just supposed we'll to say be, hello at least. Yeah. That's great. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I just uh all I can say is there's just a lot of of reorganization and reorganizing and processing going on and um um in that journey, that's all. That's awesome. not all I know. Are you today. in St. Louis? Yeah. Yes. If I make a trip out to Heartland, are you likely to come down and join us for a bit to assist in some of what we're doing? You know, I thought about that. I, <laughs> you mentioned it. Uh, it. It's 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 within the realm of possibility, anyway. I'm going to be out of town uh, the seventh through the tenth of August, at least. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when do you, it won't do you be have that any, soon. You, it won't be that soon. It, it okay. won't be that soon. All right. No, no. So All right. I'll keep you posted. And if it works, it works. All right. It Please it do. Yep. 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 We'll see how it comes that would together. Be good. All right. So many things on the plate. All right. You have a blessed one. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate. I, I did right. at, the, at the beginning. I just wanted to say, I was thinking about this just when you guys were coming on and, I just just want to express gratitude and thanks both of you for all the great work you've done and that you're doing. I, I appreciate that. So I'm just going to put that out there since you gave me the opportunity to say hello. Awesome. And uh, have a great day. All righty. All right. Blessings. Take care. Sure. Bye. So, Ms. Jeannie, it's in your court. Let's read Anything the last chat room? chapter. Um, Let's go no, for it. Not. Uh, it's been several days since we've been reading from The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And this is actually the last chapter, chapter 19. And it's called The Loving Eyes of God. How can anyone really know anything about God? We have so many teachings, so many concepts, so many views about God. But they've all been touched by people. In the end, it's amazing how much our ideas about God conform to the different cultures from which they come. Fortunately, deep within us, there is a direct connection to the divine. There is a part of our being that is beyond the personal self. You can can consciously choose to identify with that part rather than the psyche or the body. 
When you do this, a natural transformation begins to take place within you. Over time, as you observe this transformation, you will see what it's like to be coming toward God. You actually begin to know what it feels like to be moving in the direction of spirit. The changes you see within you are reflective of the force that you're approaching. Just as rain makes you wet and the fire makes you warm, so you can know the nature of God by looking into the mirror of your transformed self. This is not a philosophy. It is a direct experience. Spiritual growth can be experienced just like anything else. You may have experienced a time in your life when you felt a lot of negativity, anger, and resentment. You know how that feels, and you know how you feel toward others when you're feeling that way. You know how your heart feels. You know what your thoughts and actions are like. You know that space. It's not philosophy. It's a direct experience. If you grow past that part of you, over time you will actually drift away from the feelings of tension and anxiety. The entire cloud of lower vibrations will appear further and further away from where you sit inside. The cloud may still be there, but if you don't identify with it or hold on to it, it can no longer hold on to you. As you release the lower vibrations, you naturally stop thinking they're you or that there's anything you have to do about them. As you let go of them, your spirit drifts upward. How do you know your spirit drifts upward? You know the same way that you know that you're breathing, the same way you know that your heart beats, the same way that you know that you have thoughts. You're in there. You directly experience it. What does it mean to drift upward? It's an experience of being drawn further back into inside yourself. You're no longer held down to your earthly self. So you begin to feel more spaciousness inside. You feel that there's more of a distance between you and the thoughts and emotions inside of you. You drift back and then in and up. How does it feel when you drift up? Feel as much anger, fear, or self-consciousness? You don't feel resentment toward people? You don't close or get tight as often? Yes? (laughs) Thanks for making that little intermission there. I just want to uh, put out a thought that... uh, Rather than distance between those parts of our minds, as though we're going to separate from them, what we really want to do is create a connectedness with those parts of our mind, an openness to those parts of our mind, and an ability to embrace those parts of our mind that hold fear, trauma, rage, guilt, grief, pain, or what have you. So... My my take would be it's it's kind of the opposite of that expression that I want to find in me whatever energetic pattern could distort my physiology ultimately and you know ultimately cause death you know what is what is in my structure what is in my genes that I most want to avoid. And then I want to reverse my position on that and look to hold the space, function as the space of active love, and embrace that part of me, access that part of me, come into direct relationship with that part of me, so that when I bring it to the space of active present love, it dissolves and I'm freed of it. So the 
We're not looking to create distance from the untoward parts of our genes, our own minds, our own lives, our own traumas. Rather, we're looking to do the exact opposite, to go headlong into them, staying connected to the healing presence and healing power of active love. And, you know, let's throw out the word God here. You know, as as he's talking about God as, you know, some kind of what what are you going to do about a mysterious blah, blah, blah. No, there's no mystery about God. Let's look at what the ancient teachings tell us. It's really simple and straightforward. God is love. Now, people can deny God, the existence of God, all of that, but everybody has had at least some kind of taste of the active presence of love, and therefore they've tasted it of God. They may have rejected it, but they've tasted of it. I remember back several years ago in uh, St. Louis, there was a gentleman who was, um, and his wife, he was actually for 20 years a prosecutor, a large, very well-known law firm in St. Louis, and he was a prosecutor for St. Louis County. And he was also, and I don't remember exactly what his position was, but he was engaged at a fairly high level in the Catholic Church there. And he and his wife brought two archbishops from the Catholic Church into one of my workshops. And after the workshop, I overhear these two archbishops. I mean, you're archbishop in the Catholic Church. You're pretty high up there. You're supposed to be like, you know, you know what's going on. If you're not familiar with that hierarchy, that's a step above a bishop. And it's just one step below, you know, being able to be, you know, put forward as a candidate to become the next pope. So it's a pretty high level. And the conversation after the Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop between these two archbishops was, could it be that this Michael Rice is right? It's as simple as God is love? And all we need to do is claim our human lives as love? And my offering is, yes, it's that simple. That's why, and Lisa, if you're still listening, the first step in the worksheet now, it wasn't so back in that one you're looking for that you liked so much from years ago. point is to proclaim who you are. So the first step in the why is this happening to me again, forgiveness, reality management process now is you fill in the blank, I, and you put your name, who am love to proclaim and embrace who you are because you are literally the offspring, the expression of God, of love. Literally, that's who you are. And somebody's convinced you of a lie, and all you need to do is forgive the lies and reclaim the truth of who you are, and the game, the insane game is over. The pain game is over. But there's so many intricate lies, so many intricate thought disorders we've been fed about how we're broken, how we're bad, how we're sinners, how all of that garbage goes down. And how we've been trained to proclaim that as our truth, that we're broken. I remember back several years ago, Jeannie and I were in Fort Lauderdale. 
and we had been invited by someone to go to a church that it wasn't one we would normally go to. It was a large televangelist group, thousands of people, thousands of members. And I can remember sitting there the day we went and attended this church service, and it just happened to be a day where they were bringing a number of children on board to become members of the church. And it was absolutely disgusting and appalling. Because in order for these little kids, and I'm talking about kids, I don't remember exactly their age ranges, maybe 7 or 8 to 15. But each one of them, in order to enter into membership of this large televangelist, well-known organization in Fort Lauderdale that was supposedly about the teachings of the man named Yeshua, every one of them had to start out by proclaiming themselves not to be love, not to be the offspring of God, but to be sinners. That's what they had to say in front of thousands of witnesses. If when two or more are gathered, an energy is solidified, what do you suppose when little kids proclaim with 5,000 people watching and joining them in mind energy that they're sinners? What do you suppose is going to rule and govern their lives but insanity, mass insanity and mass hypnosis? It's time to get rid of that insanity. Every morning, start your morning out. Ah, I, Michael, who am love. I, Jeannie, who am love. I, Terry, who am love. I, Lisa, who am love. Start with that proclamation and let that mind shifter resonate whatever's in you that's unlike love and begin to embrace it and literally forgive it, remove it from your structure. Not let somebody off the hook because they implanted that in you. That's not forgiveness. Yes, you may choose to pardon someone who implanted that insanity in you. Never forgive them. Never forgive anyone for anything. But forgive continuously and forgive as to the insane mind energy and ideas and identities that we've been forced to take on from the world or accidentally fell into or maybe just made up out of our own fantasies. Be willing to embrace them in love and free ourselves from them. Because there's no mystery about God. We've all tasted the active presence of love. And when we did, tasted the truth of who we are. And we tasted the truth of God. Now, there's no power in that for those who are power hungry and want to control others. Kings likely won't affirm the truth of who you are because what kings want are good soldiers. And you'll notice how much of the verbal language is being put out about from the supposed theological circles about being warriors and, you know, a warrior for Christ. I mean, Hayek about insanity. That's an oxymoron. You can't do war and be in the mind of the active presence of love. You can't put those two things together in one sentence. 
embrace the lower energy in the presence of love and dissolve it. That's the act of forgiveness. And it is those energies and those energies only that can ever destroy or kill you physiologically. That's how we made death up. Remember the ancient scriptures tell us, with man, death began. Every time we point that death energy, that hostility or fear towards somebody, projected into our brain's image of somebody, we are moving ourselves toward death. We want to reverse that habit in humanity. And with love, embrace anything that we hold, any energetic pattern that we hold that is less than the truth of who we are. So let's eradicate the mystery of God. No mystery. Real simple. Is love present? Remember they talk about, you know, your temple is the temple of love, of of God. Nothing mysterious about it. But of course, if you can get convinced people it's a mystery and it's too far away and you'll never understand and you'll never experience it, then you can keep people out of the truth. It's time to give up the lies. You and I are made of literally God stuff of love. That's the truth. So just a few thoughts to inject there, sweetie. Just a little more red, maybe. (laughs) We've got five minutes. Say it again. We have four minutes, so I can get a little more red. Go for um, it. So things still happen. Unless somebody that you has don't a thought for us and wants to put up a hand. Anybody out there with the thought? Push one. Okay, let's go for it. Okay. Things still happen that you don't want to happen, but they don't seem to touch you as much. You can't reach back to where you are because you've drifted behind the part of you that reacts to things. Go ahead. You know, I don't have a thought. Go for it. Oh, okay. Usually when you make those noises, you want to say something. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. These are actual experiences, not merely something you were told about. It's just what naturally happens when you let go of the lower vibrations of your being. You drift in and up to the deeper vibrations. Where are you going? Even if you have no basis for understanding what is happening to you, you're still having the undeniable experience of going somewhere. What you begin to feel is that you're going into your spiritual being. As you associate less with the physical and psychological parts of your being, you begin to identify more with the flow of pure energy. What does it feel like to identify more with spirit than with form? You used to walk around feeling anxiety and tension, and now you walk around feeling love. You just feel love for no reason. Your backdrop is love. Your backdrop is openness, beauty, and appreciation. You don't have to make yourself feel that way. That is how spirit feels. If you were asked how the body normally feels, you might say that it's generally uncomfortable about one thing or another. How about your psyche? If you were being told, if you were being totally honest, I'd probably say that it's generally full of complaints and fear. Well, how does spirit normally feel? The truth is, it always feels good. It always feels high. It always feels open. It always feels light. 
Because of this, you naturally begin to center more and more on the spiritual part of your being. You do this not by reaching for spirit, but by letting go of the rest. There really is no other way. The personal self cannot touch spirit. You must release the personal self. As you release it, you drift back. As you go further back, you get higher. You get higher in vibration and higher in the amount of love and lightness that you feel. You just begin to to soar. This happens as an ever-increasing continuous progression. As you let go and willingly release the physical, emotional, and mental aspects of your being, spirit becomes your state. Claim to understand what is happening to you. You just know that as you go further and further back, it gets more and more beautiful. You naturally begin to experience the vibrations that were described by the great saints and sages of different traditions. You realize that you too can have deep spiritual experiences and be in the spirit on the Lord's day. But ultimately, how do you really know anything about God? How can you ever know about what is beyond you? You know because those um, who have gone beyond have come back and said to the spirit, you're experiencing is the doorway to God. When they let go of the lower aspects of their being, they experience just what you're experiencing. They felt tremendous love, light, spirit, walking up in light, waking up inside of them. They felt that nothing could come in through their senses that was higher than what was already going on inside. They drifted further and further back and got higher and higher. And then one day, all of a sudden, there was no sense of I anymore. There was no sense of a separateness experiencing the love and light. There was only the ultimate expansiveness of their sense of their sense of self merging into the love and light, like a single drop of water merging into the ocean. And I'll stop there. All right. Well, everybody, we're honored and delighted that you joined us today once again and ask you to take the shows that make an impression on your life and go to the website, catch the link, share it with somebody, and extend the conversation further and further around the globe. In the meantime, have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Thanks for joining us. Blessings. Bye-bye.